Good morning. Well, uh, just to piggyback on that video, um, I, I know for uh, some of you who may have a Catholic background or even a Lutheran background, uh, is that Lent may have a bit of a different feel to you, and, and you may even wonder, so why, why do we celebrate Lent? And one of the things that we've been trying to communicate to you over, over the last few weeks, and even though we've done celebrated Lent in a couple different ways over the uh, past few years at, here at ECOB, is that we really want you all, and we are as well, looking at Lent as a time of preparation. You know, sometimes we, we rush into Easter, and then we run by it, and it's like, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. Um, and, and we don't want to miss it, and we know we celebrate it in holiday form, but the people of God should celebrate it very differently. It should not just be another day on the calendar. And so this time leading up to it, we want as a church to come together, even though we may be spread apart, but in hearts, prepare our hearts. And so you may do that as the video suggested, prayer, fasting, reading uh, God's Word. Uh, you can launch that this, this Wednesday, right here, 7 o'clock, we will do an Ash Wednesday service, and rather interactive, we want to invite families to come be a part of it, uh, but we really encourage you to come. We're looking forward to it, and that will kind of launch us all into this uh, celebration of Lent, which is really a time of preparation, so I encourage you to do that. Well, as I said last week, uh, we, uh, there was a group of six of us that went to Colorado, and I saw snow! I'm so excited! Yes, all of you are like, just leave it out there. Um, I picked up a couple times, threw a few snowballs. I didn't do that with anybody on the team. I was nice. Uh, but, uh, man, it was beautiful. It, there was those Rocky Mountains. They were kind of cool, too, but it was so neat. Um, the conference uh, was, a, uh, was a, just such a great time for the six of us who went. We are so looking forward to just continuing to share with you all uh, and, and how we believe God is leading us as a church, particularly in how we equip one another to do the ministry of God and live that out in our lives as disciples. And so we look forward to sharing that uh, in coming weeks and months. Uh, and please feel free to pull anybody aside that was a part of that conference and, and ask them about uh, what the Lord taught them. It was a good time together. Thank you all for praying for us uh, and, and now as we continue to implement that. Well, you are in for a treat today. As I uh, gave you a preview last week is that today, um, as you all walked in, you saw the furniture and like, oh, what are they up to now? Well, uh, we're going to put people in these, these pieces of furniture, which is good. You're going to hear from some of the very people that sit right next to you, perhaps on a Sunday morning. People that are going to talk a little bit about what it's like in their life, what it's been following Christ and engaging in God's Word. Now, I, I want to just say from the beginning, um, these people aren't up here because they've got some great pedigree of, of this or that or whatever. They're just some people that we identified. We could have identified a whole lot more of you where we've heard particular stories or have witnessed in your life how God has really used His Word. And so um, we're delighted to see how God is going to speak to you through them today. To kind of kick us off, I want to Take us back to a scene in the book of Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? Um, he was exiled, but he, he came back because God laid upon his heart that he needed to go back and help the people build the wall of Jerusalem. And so he went back, and they went through that pretty tough process of rebuilding the wall, facing opposition. But then there was this point, and I'm going to catch up in, in chapter 8, when the wall was complete. So listen in. 
When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. And so they get to this, this point, and, and they could have just said, well, yeah, the wall's done, great. Yeah, God showed up a little bit. It was kind of fun. But, but then they, they go to this, this really act of worship, and Ezra, as a prophet, comes and reads the book of the law, reads the word of God. And we'll skip down to verse 5. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Watch the response. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. A little bit later in verse 10, the latter part of it, Nehemiah says to the people, This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I share that because we need to see that God's Word is eternal. We need to see that God's Word spoke to people not only thousands of years ago, but you're going to hear stories today of people, people who have heard from God from His Word. Psalm 119, we've been in there a lot lately. Let me take you back there. Verse 89, Your Word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. What I want you to see today is not just people up here. It, you all know that, that most people don't come up there because they really want to, because it's a little nerve-wracking, particularly if you don't like being in front of people. They're not up here for themselves today. They are up here because they want to testify to God and His Word. And so what I want you to see and hear from them is not necessarily them, but I want you to see God's faithfulness with His Word. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time after they're done sharing, um, sharing that with one another. So I'm going to invite Matt and Jim out, and uh, they're going to get us started. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my friend Jim. Some of you recognize Hi, him. He's usually behind the glass over there. And uh, thing, things always look so much better <laughs> behind glass. But this is the real Jim. This is him. This is me. <laughs> um, some people may not know you, so uh, just tell us a little about yourself. You and your wife, Therese, sure. moved here, what, three years ago or so? We did. I. Uh, my wife, bless her heart, and she's not here this service, so I can really embarrass her, but um, all her kids are at least in college age. It was, this was 2012, and a job came up, a job at Silfax. I had an interview, a phone interview, and I hung up the phone. I said, honey, this is where we're going, because she basically freed me to look anywhere. Hit some walls job-wise. Where, where were so, you at before? I don't know. Syracuse, New York. Okay. And people probably know that. Have you heard of Syracuse? They're the Orangemen, basketball but also probably the largest snow capital, large city in the country. So we love it here, right? <laughs> we, we see the one to two inch snow things and we just, my wife and I look at each other and, and uh, laugh a little bit. So. <laughs> so anyway, we're glad to be here. We love it here and uh, 
came to ECOB and just, you know, fell in love with this church too. So, Well, the Bible, as we've talked about, has been a part of your journey as a Christian, but it, it wasn't always this way. Can you tell me what prompted your jumping in with both feet, so hmm. to speak? Good question. Um, brought up Catholic, so when, when Pastor Dan brings up Lent, it was really nothing more than a tradition to me. Always knew God was real, but just couldn't find him and reach him. Uh, then my neighbors one time took me to a Billy Graham movie in sixth grade, and I, the call, altar call came, and I went up and accepted Christ, but didn't have discipleship or mentoring after that. So then I get into college and um, went to Syracuse University for engineering and really floundered, lived a double life and just realized how empty I was. I'd meet Christians. I actually went to Bible studies and I'd go party on weekends. Just really was not living the life that I should have. Then I went to this church. I was 21, last year of college, March of 78. Um, and really God grabbed my heart and opened my eyes and I couldn't get enough of God's word. I was empty just starving. I used the term emaciated. I just spiritually just was hungry for God. So we memory, this was a great group of young people. We memorized verses. We had Bible studies. We had worship. It was a, really a church that met Friday nights with just a bunch of young kids. Um, so that was an exciting time. So I just started really digging into the Word at that point and hungering for the Word. When we had spoken uh couple weeks ago or whenever it was, you mentioned that there were a few people, a few key people in your life who influenced you to go beyond reading the Bible, but to move into maybe studying, just digging deeper. Can you tell me what study has looked like for you? Sure. Uh, one of the key people in my life was an uh, Indian missionary, actually was a native to India from Bangalore, named Brother Jijan. Uh, knew the Bible inside and out. He would get up and not even prepare, but just could do a full circle teaching on any topic on any time. He was like a walking Bible, basically. Um, and one thing about him is he would, that this was like an indelible influence on me, but he would read the Word of God on his knees. He had such a reverence for God's Word, and he would read hours and hours a day. So he was a very indelible influence on me. So, you know, I had a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. It was a good study Bible. I, uh, there's many. There's Ryrie. There's the Open Bible, Life Application. So I think, you know, having that, just being able to do topical studies was really important for me as a young Christian. Um, and then I basically got a concordance, a, a one-volume concordance and a um, Strong's, and then a commentary. So really just a couple little pieces kind of got me going in my study, plus some examples. Well, we see in Scripture that um, we have a responsibility as disciples to disciple others, to teach them. Uh, you've had some opportunities to teach the Bible. Can you tell us a little about that? Absolutely. Uh, the first, when I really started teaching, it kind of came by accident. I was involved in a church plant in 1991, and I was church chairman, so I kind of had responsibility in my life then. Probably do now, but trying to maybe unload them as I get older. But anyway... Um, I got a call one morning, Sunday morning. Our pastor was ill with vertigo, couldn't get out of bed. And he had this for three weeks. So I was, by default, had to lead the service. So I started it. Actually, the first Sunday, I was totally unprepared. So we did a time of sharing testimony, kind of like this now, right? And then I did a mini teachings, just some small um, 10, 15-minute teachings from the Word of God. And that kind of started. So um, the pastor at that church actually liked developing people to, in ministry, and he, he discipled leaders, so he asked me to do sermons after that. 
I've done a number of those. But also, I think the, the most rich was sun, adult Sunday school uh, teaching books of the Bible. That was, I think, my most rewarding prep time and yeah. um, experience. So. Yeah. Studying the Bible, as you know, isn't merely taking in facts. It's, it's digging in deeper to draw out all the nutrients uh, out of God's Word. And, and you are thriving spiritually, if I could say that. Uh, but there have been some lows, too. Uh, one of the studies you showed me when we had talked is one on the book of Psalms. Can you tell me about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I showed Matt all my, I did these preparations for basically notes for the folks I was teaching. Um, and I was preparing for Psalms in a particularly difficult time in my life. God, um, my first wife was very ill. Just there's, This is a whole long story in itself, and God chose to took her home, take her home. Um, so in a particularly challenging time in late 2003, I was studying Psalms. And, and what a sustaining, rich book for me. I, as David poured his heart out to God in many psalms, you know, basically that was a call to me. And I would just go to the Lord and just say, God, what's going on? Help and just, you know, lay before him and pour out before him. So it was a very rich, sustaining book for me in a very, very difficult time. And the Word of God just sustains you in any time of trial, but that particularly for me. Yeah. There is an aspect to studying God's Word that is sort of cerebral, sort of, you know, it, it, you think things through, and, um, but as you just described as in reading the Psalms and in other parts of Scripture, it, it doesn't just stay in your head. It kind of sinks down a little lower. It does, yeah. Um, and, and basically, the head to heart is probably the longest 18 inches <laughs> measure in mankind because I think I've had so much head knowledge all my life but the more I memorized and meditated and had the word at hand, God brought that to my memory and it basically would bury it deep in my heart. Um, just by knowing it, you, you can't help but think about it and chew on it and like the milk of the word and meat of the word really is there when you have it right there. So I, I learned over the years, it's been a long time, but God I think finally is drilling some of those lessons in my heart because yeah. I knew it like that. So. Um, God developed that hunger in you for His Word, and that has led you uh, to seminary. You just you finished your degree a couple of years ago I or did. so. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. Um, I was in church one day, and I had a very strong impression, this was at a time of worship, that uh, God wanted me to go to seminary. So I just said, okay, I'll do that and help me through that. And that was 2008. Um, I did finish in 2014, very rigorous coursework, um, basically one course at a time. It was because it was too much to do more than that. Uh, so my degrees in theological studies, but that allowed me to dig in even deeper into some real theological topics that I just love. Um, and I think theology can be heady, and, but I, I want to try to make it so it's a practical thing mm -hmm. for, for folks. Mm -hmm. So I have a degree, a piece of paper, which <laughs> I felt compelled to do. So. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's being a little facetious there, because there, there is a sense that perhaps God might use that uh, in perhaps a call to be a pastor yourself. Yeah, that's a, a good point, Matt. And um, along the, the lines, I think 2010 to 11, I, I felt the call uh, specifically on John 21, where Peter had a uh, threefold call from Jesus to tend my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And that's resonated with me. Um, really since then. It's a really a pretty strong sense that that's where I'm to be. Not yeah. sure when, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's kind of, I guess, the moral of the story is that if you dive into God's Word, memorize, hide God's Word in your heart, go to seminary, He might call you to be a pastor yeah. <laughs> in some so degree. Be careful, right? Yeah, and, and also paying attention to the Holy Spirit during a time of worship. You might not want to do that, or it might lead to some crazy things. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Yeah. Um, well, we, we'll certainly want to pray for you regarding God's, God's call for you and Therese in the future wherever he might lead you to serve, if it's here or uh, if, it's, if it's somewhere else as a pastor. We'll certainly miss your gifts back on the drums. It, we, it will be a little quieter, for sure. But uh, let, let me go ahead and pray for you regarding that, thank too. You. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for the taste that you gave Jim for your word. Not only on the sort of spiritual tongue, but deep within him, a hunger for your word to satisfy him. Thank you, God, for what you have done through his ministry over the years, through teaching, through even just having a word from the Bible for a coworker. God, I, I thank you that you have uh, put your word in his heart. And I pray for his uh, and Teresa's future. I pray that you would lead them however it is that you're calling them. God, I pray that they would be surrendered completely to you in whatever capacity you might have them serving. And I pray for each one of us here, God, that you would give us a desire and a hunger for your word as well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Well, good morning. I brought a friend with me, and for the the benefit of the maybe five or six people in this room who do not know her, I will, I will introduce her. This is Barbara Stone Cash. Uh, and I'm sure many of you suspect that she has had a pretty long association with Eaton Church of the Brethren. Barbara, when did you join ECOB? Uh, in 46, so 70 years ago. I think they were meeting in a log. No, no, no. I say that. <laughs> South Cherry Street. <laughs> On South Cherry Street. Yeah. Um, I want you to realize that most of the, past, the current pastoral staff was not even born yet, uh, with so. the exception of yours truly. <laughs> uh, in fact, I was eight years old at the time, and uh, I found out this week I have another connection with Barbara. I was born on East High Street here in Eaton in a house that had previously been owned by Barbara's grandparents. Well, Barbara married the, the love of her life, Calvin, in 1950. Uh, he went home to be with the Lord in 1998, right? And she also lost a son in 1982. So she has had her trials in her life uh, as most of us have. Well, I met with her the other day, and I asked her, Barbara, what about, you know, Pastor Dan a couple of weeks ago said, now the hard part, we, we can study the Bible. Now the hard part is applying it in our lives. So I, I asked Barbara how the Bible had influenced her walk with the Lord. Uh, to be a servant, just like Jesus was, was my, or our aim. And, and she referred to the 13th chapter of uh, John, where you may recall that's where uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. 
And um, that was a perfect example of servanthood. And, and he said, you know, now that I have shown you these things, if you do them, you will be blessed. Barbara has been a very, very faithful servant of the Lord um, with her connection with BDM. And so, Barbara, for those in, in this uh, room who may not know what BDM stands for, can you explain uh, Brethren that? Brethren Disaster Ministries, Church of the Brethren. Uh, it's all over the United States. And what do they do? We go out and repair houses that have been in disasters. We have built five in New Jersey recently from scratch, but normally we go in and rehabilitate and get them back to people get into their houses. So that's, and wherever there's a disaster and we're asked to come, we go. Okay, and, and how, you, how do you determine what to charge these people? Well, of course, we don't charge anything with, mm. for labor at all. Generally, material is supplied through local agencies and occasionally uh, through the Church of the Brethren. So then how, how is BDM funded? Uh, just by donations and some budget at national level. Here in our church, we're, we have a budget item, and many people in this church have given to us, and we're so thankful for that. She left out one big thing. Oh, yes, we do have an ice cream social in <laughs> August. Yes, that's our main fundraising, so that we can take people and it doesn't cost them anything to go. Uh, uh, your transportation, your food, and all—it used to be long. When we started, we had to drive our own vehicles, pay for our own way, and through the years, Pat and Dick Fi were our reps uh, for the district, and we've been able to raise money and be able to pay everybody's way that goes. Yes. And that is truly a blessing. I have been on a couple of uh, mission trips with this lady, and uh, believe me, uh, she's well qualified. She has her own toolbox. I do. I, I've watched her uh, help hang drywall and uh, mud the joints and sand, and uh, I don't know if she has any idea how many hundreds of gallons of paint she's paint. slathered on or not. Lots. Lots, yeah. That's her... Uh, Forte, I think, is that's my favorite. Thing is is painting, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, if any of you have a a, a desire to uh, go on a mission trip, this is an excellent opportunity uh, because, as, as she says, there's no charge. The transportation is provided, and believe me, you will form relationships that will remain with you for uh, the rest of your your lives. Yes. So. Barbara, where have you been on mission trips? Oh, gee. When did you take your first trip? Uh, we took it in 96, and we went to Marlton, West Virginia, and it was a flood area. So that was our first okay. one. And I have been to Wisconsin, Minnesota, hmm, got to go further west, Colorado, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, New York, New Jersey, um, West Virginia. Virginia, so lots of places. New yeah. Orleans. New Orleans, we were there five years after that. Yeah. And uh, we would take the church bus and take 30 each time. Mm -hmm. I know on the couple of trips that I went, um, and by the way, there are many people here at ECOB who have been oh. on mission trips. In fact, Pastor Dan and uh, 
my wife are going on a trip to West Virginia in, uh, in April. Um, next weekend, this lady leaves for West Virginia for trip number 60. Um, most of these trips are at least for a week. So if you put that time together, that's like 14 months of spending every waking hour serving the Lord. And uh, the couple trips that I have been on, I have seen the appreciation on the part of those property owners. I know one trip we made to Virginia uh, was a, uh, to repair tornado damage, and houses have been completely wiped away, and those were new builds that they built from the from the foundation up. Right. So, well, as I say, take advantage of that opportunity. Now, some of you, you know, the Bible says that we all have different gifts, but we're all part of one body. And some of you may not know what your spiritual gift is. I, I didn't until uh, several years ago. I went through a class here at ECOB that um, was designed to reveal to each individual what their spiritual gift is. And we do have a, have a class here called, what is it, Dan? Discovering Your Place. And so uh, you can check with the information desk and get some more information on that. But I would urge you to take advantage of this opportunity to be the hands and the feet of our Lord Jesus. Well, I'm going to pray with, uh, with Barbara if you'll uh, join me. Well, Father, we do come to you, and Father, I thank you for this lady and, and her servant's heart and for her faithfulness. And Father, I know she serves you not for any recognition at all on her part, but strictly for your glory, Lord. So, Father, I ask that you would be with her, give her strength, uh, protect her next week as she and others uh, go out uh, uh, again to minister pe to uh, people who have uh, suffered losses. And, Father, we'll give you all the thanks for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, hello, everybody. Um, a verse comes to mind from Psalm 119, which if you've been reading, you will remember this. Uh, how does a young person keep the way of purity? And they say um, to, oh my gosh, just forgot it. <laughs> how does a young way keep the way, of, the way of purity? And, and to do it is by staying close to God's word. And um, this morning we have three young girls up here. Um, it wasn't supposed to be so estrogeny this morning. Um, uh, we did have a young guy, but he, he is not feeling so well this morning. So uh, these young ladies are here to share their experiences with God's Word and just how um, God has used it to in incorporate himself into their lives. And so first we're going to talk to Jackie here. And this is the question that I had asked her, and um, she'll share with you all the, the, a similar answer to what she's given me. How do you incorporate the Bible into your everyday life? 
Um, when Josh asked me this question initially, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so broad. Like, how am I supposed to answer this? And then, then I really thought about it, and I was like, this is a question that we really should think about, um, because it, it, it is very important. How are we applying God's word, something that he's given to us and that he has called us to study and um, read every day? Um, so when I think about applying, something that's been um, really impactful in my life is that I don't just go looking for a verse that just fits my struggle for the day. Like, I don't want to just think, oh, well, I'm taking a test today, so I'm going to think about God's peace. And while that is very good and can be very constructive, um, I think it's also really important to be intentional about taking a verse that might not be very important to you at the moment, might not hold a lot of um, stock for what you're going through, but that if you, you really look into the verse and keep it in your heart, that God will use that later. I mean, that's what, that's what I've found. Um, when I was about seven or eight, um, for my birthday, my parents bought me this stuffed hippo that's like pink, it has like hearts on it. And what they bought at like a Christian bookstore, so they could like record um, their voices saying something encouraging. Um, but what they did is they put a Bible verse, and it was my mom's voice, um, it would, like, be at the end of my bed, and I would, like, kick it in the middle of the night, and I'd wake up. I was super annoyed. Put that in here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And although it's, it's really funny, and I, I think about it now, and it's been so important in my life. Um, and just that verse, it's really stuck with me. And God is saying, if you trust in me, then I'll direct you on the right path. And right now in a season of my life that I'm going through, that's just been very, very important and something that's really stuck with me that at the time when I was like eight, I was like, well, this is weird. Like, why is my mom's voice like telling me this? But it's, it's in my heart because I heard it so often. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've been able to use, even though at the time it didn't make a huge impact on my life. And so I think that's really important. Other verses that I love, like in Psalms, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Um, that's just, it's been such a big deal right now in my life. And when I was learning it, I was probably like 10 and it didn't mean, a, it wasn't like a huge deal to me then. But right now, it, it's just something that's been in my heart. So I think being intentional about learning something that God is telling you before there's a situation that really necessitates that verse or whatever God is speaking I think it's really important because you're going to use those verses later on and you never know when there's going to be a situation when you really need to cling to God's word. Yeah. Um, I, I think back to, to what Matt and Jim were talking about, this idea that it starts up here, but the, this really long 18 inches to get down here. But parents, take note of something. If we start training our children at a young age, if we start training our children and, and, and helping them understand or just even know God's word, Jackie's a great example of how it, it eventually will make its way down to here. Um, and, and I think that, that that's, that's a wonderful example of, of how uh, we as parents can come alongside our children and invest in them and put stuffed hippos at the bottom of their bed and just annoy them. No, don't annoy them. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's a great way to just start preparing our children for what's, what's to come and what's in store. Um, and how important it is to have Scripture um, in our hearts and, and from here to here. And I had asked Kara to, um, 
This is Kara Burton, everybody. Um, I'd ask Kara to kind of share with you what her favorite verse is this morning. So would you be willing to share that with us? Yeah. Uh, my favorite verse is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Yeah. Uh, I just I love hearing that, that, that truth that God is with you. No need to fear. Um, now, it has translated from here to your heart. How, how has that come about? Um, about a year ago or so, we found out that my grandma has ALS, which causes you, to, causes you to lose your fine motor skills in your hands and your ability to walk, or at least that's the case with my grandma. But this verse teaches me that even when I'm sad or I feel like God isn't with me, I know that he is, yeah. and he, he just tells you not to fear, so I don't fear about her yeah. disease. Yeah, and, and, and what, a, what a great truth, not just for yourself and your family, but for your grandmother too, to, to share with her that, that God is there and, and he, he's by our side through the, the great times, the, the bad times, even just the normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill times. Now, interestingly enough, um, this morning, another verse came to your mind after the first service because you're feeling a little nervous about being up here. What, what verse came, came to your mind that you wanted to share with, with this? Um, Isaiah 41.9, which says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant, I have chosen you, and you have not been rejected, or I have not rejected you. Yeah. Uh, that you are, we are his servants. And... Uh, you rose up to the call, and, and thank you for, for sharing with us. We really appreciate that. Um, this is Shania Jordan. Um, Shania had a really, really neat experience a couple weeks back. Um, I, I, found about, I found out about this experience, and, and some of you probably already know because you're on the Facebook. Um, I, I am on the Facebook, but I never really uh, get actually on there. Uh, but Pastor Dan had, had relayed this, this information to me, and, and then I, I texted Shania, and she told me this really neat story. So I'd like for her to share her story with you of how God used an experience to bring his word in. Um, okay. A couple weeks ago, Dan kind of touched on it on his sermon. Um, he brought up fasting, and I've, I've gotten really close with God lately, and what better way to replace something so dependable, food, on, like in my life with spending my time in God's word. So um, every time I fast for 24 hours and every time I got hungry or I felt the urge to eat, I would, um, I would spend my time in God's word and I would pray about it and he really helped me through it because it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, and I touched a lot about depression because I have a loved one right now going through depression. And um, it, it was really encouraging because I found a lot of verses that I had sent to her and she, like, for encouragement, and she really enjoyed it. So it was, it was awesome. Okay, awesome. So what would you say was the, the biggest thing that you learned from that experience? Um. I learned to, to be dependable on God because I was really nervous about how my body would react to it or how hard it would be. 
and just praying about it and spending my time in the word and being dependable on God, it helped me so much. Like it just helped me through it a lot. It's kind of amazing to realize that our body can go an actual whole day without food. Um, But but even even more so when you're feasting on God's word. Uh, I think of of the words of Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. And uh, there's no uh, sustenance greater than than Jesus and and our true word. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, What I want to do is I'd like to just close in prayer uh, I hope you see how God's word is effective not just for uh, adults or, or, or senior adults. or um, it's, it's for all ages. It's for everyone. So our hope and our encouragement here is that um, we just dive in as a church because it's for everybody. It's for all of us. So would you pray with me? Lord, uh, your word is holy Your word is true. We praise you that you've given us something to cling on to, something to to dive into, to know you more, to experience you, and to to have you a a part of our lives, something so tangible. And I, I thank you for these three young women who you have placed your word in their hearts. And I, I just pray for their futures as you, they continue to, to grow um, in life, that they grow in, in you, they grow in your word. Their word continues to move from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And um, Lord, for our church, I pray that the same is very true in us that as we grow in you, it's, it's growing in your word and, and our, our head knowledge begins translating into heart knowledge. And this world sees you and your word through us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ who is our true word. Amen. Well, the good news is we have a, a shipment of recording hippos coming in this week. Um, for a small fee, Cindy Owens would be glad to record a verse for you. No, not, what, what a cool story, though. I mean, such a very tangible thing. Well, here's what I want us to do. is um, I, I want you to think about uh, all that we heard this morning. Uh, you know, a, a, a man here who has just poured his heart into God's Word. Um, you know, we see in Barb, we see a, a gal who is just a doer of the Word, has lived it out. And then these three sweet stories from these young ladies, and just some in big circumstances, some in very just, just uh, specific situations. I'd like for you for a moment, is I'd like you to turn to somebody next to you, and please make sure no one's alone here, okay? So if you need to make a three, uh, a triple, that's okay. But what I'd like you to do is, what's one thing that was said this morning that kind of stuck with you? Was it a verse? Was it maybe just a thought or, or just a response from uh, one of their stories? But turn to each other, take about three minutes, and share one thing that stuck out to you this morning. Go. About halfway there, so keep going. Okay, take about another 30 seconds.
Well, here's what I think is so important for us as a church. And I said in the first service, one of my favorite times on a Sunday morning as, as a pastor, one of my favorite times is what happens when we say amen and we're done with worship. Not because I'm glad to be done with worship, but it's such a cool time because what happens is we, we start to see you all and, and, and with us as well sharing life and sharing maybe about what God has taught us that morning. I want that to be a culture that we continue to foster here. If, if God, whether you come to this altar or not, if God spoke to you, share that with someone or, or ask someone, how, how, what did you learn today? What, what did God teach you today? And it may not be this oh, kind of moment, but it may be just, you know, there was this kind of nudging that I really think I want to get into God's Word and, and read a little bit more this week. Share that with one another. Okay, and, and as you move from these walls, share that as an encouragement to other people. It's not to boast in yourself, but sometimes it's to say those things so that you can say to somebody, I need you to ask me about this in a couple of days. Ask me if I've done this. And then we walk along with each other and, and take what we've learned and we've studied uh, here and elsewhere and we apply it. Years ago, and I think it was at a youth conference, uh, Believe, uh, Junior High Believe, I don't know, years ago, I remember one of the, the speakers said out loud, he said, so what's your life verse? And I had been a Christian for quite a few years, and I thought, I don't know, and I kind of didn't even really know what that was. And so he began to explain that, that someone challenged him in his life to take a verse of Scripture um, that really speaks to you and put it, commit it to memory and make it a life verse. Now, I know the challenge is, oh, I got to get the right one. And so we panic and so we don't ever do it. Well, after that, uh, a period of time after that, um, John 15, 5, I came across. And actually, um, I spent some time asking God and saying, hey, help me bring a verse to me that is a verse that, that can really be something a source of strength for me. And so in that verse, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Well, over the years, it just amazes me how God, much like some of the stories shared today, God will just lay that verse out there. Sometimes when I can't even begin to think about God's Word because of something going on, is that He will bring John 15, 5, to my mind. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. As I want you to begin to pray, if you already don't have a life verse, I want you to pray to God and ask Him to lay a verse on your heart. And whether it's your life verse or not, or whether it's just a verse for this season of life, then I'm going to ask you to commit that to memory. And then share that with somebody, okay? Uh, maybe one of these individuals who was up here today or just someone else in your family, somebody else you know here from church, maybe from work, say, hey, you know what? Um, there's a verse that I, I just, I've memorized or that I'm working on, and I want to share it with you. Write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your mirror. Whatever it takes to memorize it and start sharing that with one another. So here's how we're going to finish today. We're not going to sing a song to finish things up. We're going to finish in prayer. And I'm not going to lead the prayer. I'm going to invite you to turn with either the person you were just partnered with or with maybe a few of you, maybe families you want to join together. Um, and I want you to, to ask God to um, 
to just continue to take what you've heard today, perhaps something that, that is stirring in your heart, and, and spend a few moments in prayer. And so what we're going to do as we kind of finish that up is that as you are done praying, uh, you are welcome to dismiss yourself and leave. We just ask that you be kind of courteous as others may still be praying. doesn't mean you can't talk, but just to encourage you to be respectful of that. I know um, that, that perhaps that you want to come to the altar this morning uh, because taking those steps to come up here, maybe not because anything's wrong, but you just want to commit to the Lord by doing that, uh, then I encourage you, uh, pastors are here, elders, we'd be glad to pray with you if that's something you would like. Otherwise, we'll let you have that time alone with the Lord. So again, um, take some time, pray with one another, and uh, that's how we're going to close out today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer.